please be advised, this episode may include depictions of murder, sexual content, and foul language that is not suitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Hi, welcome back to Wickedness. I'm Lenny. And I am Matt. We had kind of a sad week the last couple of weeks. Yeah, we kind of have. So we? we we didn't record last week, but um, yeah. Definitely we had, life is happening for sure. Yeah. Good and bad. Yeah. So we, we had a couple of deaths in the family and my sister got diagnosed with possible cervical cancer, which I know sounds weird to say possible cervical cancer, but... They were pretty sure on their diagnosis, but then her test results came back not showing cancer, but it still could be. So they want her to come home and where she'll have a support system because she lives overseas and go to an oncologist and stuff to rule it out. So just kind of dealing with that. Yeah, for sure. And Uh, then my great uncle passed away. Yep, your great uncle, which uh, I know they put him into a veteran's home and then he didn't. He didn't stay there for a couple of days only, and then he was his on wife hospice, on yeah. hospice. His wife decided to take him home just because it was, which is good, you know. Yeah, that she she took care of him his last few days before he passed, and then I had the unfortunate my cousin. Um, he passed away. Yeah, uh, cancer, thirty years old, um, and they think that's from the uh, uh, what is it called the, the burn, burn pits. pits? Yeah, he was a marine. Um, I had to deal with the burn pits. He was actually dealing with them quite a bit in Africa and Djibouti. And uh, they believe other Marines have gotten cancer or forms of it there as well. So it's, it's, so it's a whole thing. And it's it's just sad. And he was married for three years. And uh, his wife, of course, is, was taking it really, really hard. And my uncle and my aunt, it was their only child. So very sad. Um, but the funeral was, was really good, if that's... Yeah, if a fam- if a funeral could be good. If a f- yeah, <laughs> funeral could be good. It was really good. It was it was a good funeral. And it was you know as you say you hate to see family at those times, but it was really good to see family during that time. Yeah. So and I got to see my grandmother, which was awesome. Yeah, I didn't get to go to that funeral, but we just had a lot going on. And on the flip side of all the bad stuff we've had going on. Our youngest daughter graduated from high school, so we did have a reason to celebrate too. Yeah. So we had some good. It was really also. good, and she, yeah, she graduated and got to have some family time again mm-hmm. on, on the on the good flip side of things. Yeah, yeah. And hang out. Yeah. And that was the last one out the house soon yes. to be. We four had... down, none to go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's a good way to put it. We we are, yeah. Our kids are grown basically, like. 
you, I guess you can say that she's not 18 yet, but she will be soon enough and moving out on her own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's why we didn't release an episode last week. So we apologize you guys for not sending one out, but we had way too much going on and we just couldn't, couldn't get this done. Yeah, totally. But Hey, we're back for our <clears throat> weekly podcast. We're here. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And today I decided to dedicate this episode to my sister. She she's kind of obsessed with spooky stuff, like any ghosts, that kind of stuff. And we've actually talked about we're we're covering the Salem witch trials today. And she and I have had conversations about it in the past. It's one of her favorite stories. And so we I thought we would we would cover it today. But when I say she's into this the spooky stuff, like she's an artist. My sister is an artist, and I cannot remember what her Facebook page is called but mm-hmm. all of her art is on there and she has made halloween costumes and fantasy costumes and stuff like that from scratch just stuff laying around her house that look so cool and everything ma- well on the makeup stuff she'll do yeah it's really good yeah like she when i say she's an artist i don't mean that she, i mean she does paint she does draw she does do that stuff and that's on her site too but i'm talking like she can she can make some realistic zombie looks yeah, yeah. on her own face and other people's faces. Like she's she's amazing. She some of the costumes talented. that she's done, it's it's really cool. Well, last year, like they call it Inktober, where you just draw in ink for like every day for a month in October. And she did a whole Halloween type theme. And oh yeah. A, and a lot of those I kept those photos because she would send them out in mm-hmm. Facebook or whatever. And I kept those on my phone because they're really good yeah they're super cool but if i can if i uh you know not if i can find it i'll ask her what her her website or her link to her facebook or whatever it is she posts on and i'll post it to our our website so you guys can go click on it and check out what she does because it's really awesome and she does sell some of her work so if you guys are interested in that most definitely go and click on it on our website and get some sammy fraser stuff (laughs) right (laughs) So anyway, let's talk about the Salem witch trials. They have always fascinated me because of the fact that it shows that even Christians can be completely fanatical. As we know, every religion can be fanatical. But how far do you take it? They took it pretty far. They took it. They took it to a a level where people died, which is. And that's what usually when it gets so fanatical, there is definitely death involved. Yeah. And as you guys know, if you've listened to other episodes of ours, we're Christians. We believe in Jesus and the Bible and everything that that entails. However, I know from personal experience that when you come to Jesus and find that faith, you have love for others. You're not trying to kill people. You're not trying to condemn them. You're not not pushing them down because of a lifestyle or or choices that they make or anything like that. You're trying to love them enough that they come to know Jesus too. Sure, I'm not the judge and jury. Exactly. No, no, we are not the judges. No. <laughs> no. Never. But have they been, were in the Salem be. witch trials. Yes, they Hence were. Trials. They tried to be yeah. anyway. You know, like I, I just can't. I, I, we're, there's no need to get crazy in your faith. Like, there's not. Yeah. I mean, there's. Okay, so let me say that in a different way. I am crazy about my faith. Yeah. But I'm not getting crazy. I'm not going to condemn you for not believing the same way that I do. Sure. And I don't think anyone should. And I'm not going to get scared because you believe something different, which is what happened back then. People Mm -hmm. said they took that verse in the Bible that says something like you, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. And they said, you're a witch. We're going to kill you. Yeah. 
And they did. Yeah. With nothing to back it up with either. Like, it's a really sick part of our history. So between 1692 and 1693, colonists in Massachusetts accused about about 200 people of witchcraft, and they executed almost 20 of them. Yeah, which is that number. I mean, 200, that's crazy. Right. It's actually, I'm... I'm glad it wasn't the whole 200 or a higher number than 20. I mean, 20 is way too far and way too much. Don't get me wrong. Just one, you know, being killed. But I'm kind of glad it wasn't more than 20. Yeah, I'm surprised, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not surprised once once you get into the story and you see what happened or whatever. But I'm glad it stopped when it did. Oh, yeah. But this was all based on religious beliefs that the devil could give people known as witches the power to harm others in return for their loyalty. So witches were believed to be followers of Satan who traded their souls for his assistance, that they employed demons to perform their magic, that they could change from human to animal form, and that the animals were their, quote, familiar spirits, and that they flew through the air at night to secret meetings and orgies. This is what people thought witches were, Hmm. based on European folklore or whatever, too. So basically... They believe that witches were making a pact with the devil for powers, and that scared people. Yeah, for sure. And this belief fed from the European witchcraft craze that had been going on from the 1300s through the 1600s. And in Europe, tens of thousands of witches, were, who were mostly women, were executed. Mm-hmm. So in 1689, English rulers William and Mary started a war with France within the American colonies, like up near New York and yep. stuff. And this was known as the King Williams War. This war caused refugees in that region that, you know, where the war was taking place mm-hmm. to move to Salem Village in, Ma- in the Massachusetts colony, which put a strain on their resources in that area. Yeah, see, I didn't know that part about the King Williams War. I hadn't, I hadn't heard about that. And then, too, I didn't know that that caused the refugees to move mm-hmm. to that area. Yep, and it, it, this also caused existing rivalries that were between families to come to a head because they're competing uh, for agriculture and wealth and things like sure, that. Yep. So it just put a strain on the area altogether. And on top of, of these rivalries and the strain and everything that everyone's feeling in that colony... The first ordained minister, Reverend Samuel Paris, had some controversy over how rigid he was in his religious rule and how greedy he was. And the Puritans in that area believed all of the controversy that was surrounding him and the infighting was due to the work of the devil. The process of identifying a witch back then started with suspicions and rumors. Accusations would follow them and then the trials and convictions and finally the executions. And the Salem witch trials and executions happened in, the, in much the same way that they happened in Europe and was consisted of a combination of church politics, family feuds, and hysterical children. Yeah, I wonder what this hysterical children thing is about. Yeah. Is it, do you get into that a little right bit now, Right now. Oh, I'm talk cool. about it right now. So it's kicked it all off. So oh. and, and it has to do with Reverend Paris. So in January of 1692, Reverend Paris's nine-year-old daughter Elizabeth and his 11-year-old niece Abigail Williams started having what they called fits, basically convulsions and mm. talk, like making weird sounds and things like that. Huh. They screamed, they threw things, they uttered peculiar noises, contorted themselves into strange positions, and a local doctor blamed the supernatural for these episodes that basically boiled down to some girls wanting some attention, is you, what they think. 
maybe. Okay. There, I mean, I, later on, I I was reading that it could it could be a whole bunch of stuff that we now know yeah. medically, but yeah. back then they didn't. Well, two, one, it's there's a lot going on. Like you said, the stress of a lot of people getting in those areas. There's mm-hmm. feuds. There's fighting. There's children acting out because their parents are acting out. Yes. So that's the way they may. And then. I would think their nutrition balance in life is probably not the greatest. Probably not. Probably so, not. I mean, they had agriculture and things like that. I could but see that having a factor, especially on a young on on children who are developing. Yeah, yeah. And children are just acting out. They yeah. they want attention. Mm-hmm. So there's ways they're going to do that. But I think yes, I think some of these girls acted out. But you know, the local doctor William Griggs diagnosed the girls, um, Par- Reverend Paris's daughters, or daughter and niece. With bewitchment. Well, that's easy. Oh, yeah. It totally is. Just make is. them, hey, you're witches. But after they were diagnosed this way, other young girls started having similar fits. These girls were Ann Putnam Jr., Mercy Lewis, Elizabeth Hubbard, Mary Walcott, and Mary Warren. And on February 29th, under the pressure from magistrates Jonathan Corwin and, and John Hawthorne, the girls blamed three women for afflicting them. Tatuba, the, the Paris's Caribbean slave, Sarah Good, a homeless beggar, and Sarah Osborne, an elderly impoverished woman. Mm. So basically, these girls are having convulsions and fits. They're not, you know, they're not healthy. And all these other girls jump in and say, oh, we're suffering too. Whether they really were or not, they they started claiming they were and acting it out, you Uh know, I think for attention. Maybe the first two girls were actually sick and the other girls fell in line and said, oh, we're bewitched too. they're getting attention. Right. So... Then they they get pressured by these adults who are an authority, and and they blame some oh, women sure. for bewitching them. They're like, oh yeah, we're cursed by so and so, so and so, and so and so. Well, it's the whole you know the point the finger right. to somebody else. It's not me. It's them, and it's it's what they've done, and it's yeah. easy to pick on these people because you know people know who these folks are around the whole town and what they're like and who they are. Yeah. So let's let's. But the cast the blame on them. Yep, and that's basically what happened. So on February 29th, you know, that's when they blamed these ladies. All three women were brought before the local magistrates and interrogated for several days. Their interrogation started on March 1st of, ni- of 1692. They were in the presence of the girls who had pointed the finger while these girls are having convulsions and screaming throughout the interrogation. Sure. So they're either putting on a show or they really are having episodes. Both Sarah's, both you know Sarah Osborne and Sarah Good, mm-hmm. held to the, onto their innocence. They they adamantly said we are not witches. We didn't bewitch anyone. But Tatuba confessed, saying, "Quote: The devil came to me and bid me serve him." She described elaborate images of black dogs, red cats, yellow birds, and a quote black man who wanted her to sign his book. She admitted to signing the book and said there were several other witches who were looking to destroy the Puritans. All three of the women were put into jail based on Tatuba's confession. Mm. Now, did she confess to save herself and then start pointing fingers at other people so that she would think, okay, this can't be real. They're not really going to do anything to us. They've got to know these people or not. Like, what What was the reason for her confessing to yeah. being a witch yeah. and saying all this stuff? I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't find anything in detail about why Tatuba would come out and say this. But there was really nothing that I could find either that showed that she was actually a witch or possessed or any of that kind of stuff. So Hmm. it's just crazy that she confessed. But now that she had, 
saying that, you know, now that she had confessed, saying that she made a deal with the devil and these three women are in jail, now Salem Village is full on witch hunt mode. Yeah. Like they are, they're, everyone's freaked out and they're, they're taking her word of who she said was in on it with her and they're oh. grabbing these people up too. Hmm. So for the next few months, so many accusations came in and things started to really get out of control. This included charges against Martha Corey and Rebecca Nurse, who were both known to be loyal members of the church in Salem Village. So then, instead of people stopping and questioning, wait, these women are God-fearing women who have never showed any signs of witchcraft or anything, maybe we should take a second, a, a t second to step back and look at this. Instead, the people in the community were even more scared because they're like, oh, if loyal church members can be a witch, then anyone can. Yeah, they just jumped on it, huh? Yes. It, like, the logic here didn't make any sense to me. Mm -mm. Now, you trust these people. I'm sure that you were having, like, back in the day, you are having lunches and dinners with them. You're probably out doing chores with them. There are people in your community. You know them. But you're going to just immediately go with what someone else said about them, right. a rumor, mm -hmm. instead of trying to actually confirm it as being true. Yeah. doesn't make sense doesn't to me. Either. Nope. So things got so out of control that they even questioned Sarah Good's four-year-old daughter, Dorothy, and construed her timid answers as a confession. Oh, geez. She was four years old. Right. What four-year-old do you walk up to ever and make any sense out of anything they say? No. See, in all seriousness. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know? Like, and get them to answer how you want them to answer. Exactly. And, you know, I was reading in one of these articles, they actually kept Dorothy in jail for eight months. Oh, man. She was four. Wow. <laughs> she must have cursed all you guys. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> in addition to these ladies being accused, several others who were accused also confessed, like Tatuba did, though, which is also confusing. They also accused others, like Tatuba did. So it's like, it's almost like they're trying to, I don't know, cause more drama or get more attention, or maybe they didn't think it would go as far as I don't know. It would be the nice to know what's that. what was in their heads, what yeah. was going on. Like, in Like, why their would mind. you say that? Yeah. Most likely, it was just an effort to save themselves in some way, though. That's that's what the articles say. Like, no mm -hmm. one knows exactly why these women would come out and say that they were perform. Maybe they were witches. Yeah. I mean, in all honesty, maybe they maybe were. Maybe they were actually practicing witches and we're just like okay but we didn't curse anyone you know we're not responsible for these girls illnesses or whatever but who knows i i really don't know why well, they, you know well i think they didn't have they didn't have youtube or tiktok back then so they mm -hmm. had to have something to do with their time <laughs> let's go out in the woods and do se seances right right maybe maybe they're but, just bored uh, all i know <laughs> is they probably weren't hurting anybody Regardless of what they might have been doing. Most likely not. But in April of that year, Deputy Governor Thomas Danforth and his assistants were brought to the hearings of dozens of people from, from the Salem and other Massachusetts vill villages to be questioned. And this was when the questioning seemed to get more serious. In May of 1692, Governor William Phipps assigned a special court consisting of a judge and jury to hear and decide the cases concerning only the witchcraft cases. So they were separate from like their general court or anything. And the first case they heard was the case of Bridget Bishop, which I'm sure everybody knows that name. She was an older woman who was known for being a gossip and promiscuous in the village. 
So automatically, you're a gossip and you're promiscuous, so you must be a witch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're going down, Bridget. Oh, my gosh. I am so screwed if I lived back then. Well, no, oh. I'm not promiscuous anymore. Oh, well, 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 hey. <laughs> back in the day. But I sure do love to gossip. <laughs> <laughs> but when they asked her if she was a witch, she responded with, quote, I'm as innocent as an, as the unborn child. Like, if you're like really, yeah, she's telling you no. I'm not a damn witch. <laughs> I just like to gossip and sleep around a little bit. They didn't believe her though, and she was found guilty of witchcraft. I don't know on what basis. Just accusations just, and rumors. Guilty. Let's get this one. And on June 10th, Bridget became the first person that they hanged for witchcraft, and on what was later called Gallows Hill. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. So I bet do they still? I bet you can go see that. I know oh, we want I've, to take a trip up there. Yeah, right? I I've but, heard on other podcasts and I've read that there. Yes, you can go and see all the places this happened. Like yeah. there's, it's it's a historical site or whatever. You can go and check it out. But five days after Bridget was hanged, a respected minister named Cotton Mather wrote a letter asking the court not to allow spectral evidence, which is testimony about dreams and visions, because apparently that was a big part of all the trials. People were like they had dreams or visions that this person was, mm. you know, practicing witchcraft, which in my mind, that makes me think you're a witch. Yeah. Like you're having dreams and visions. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the court basically ignored his request and five people were sentenced and hanged in July, five more in August and eight more in September. The five hung on July 19th, 1962 were Sarah Good, Rebecca Nurse, Susanna Martin, Elizabeth Howe, and Sarah Wilds. The five hung on August 19th, 1692, which was exactly a month later, were Martha Carrier, John Willard, Reverend George Burroughs, who was said to be the ringleader of the witches, George Jacobs Sr., and John Proctor. Jeez. Yeah. On, I forgot about guys. Yeah, most people focus on females. Right. And they, they make these elaborate stories saying that they were burned at the stake and things like that. No, mm-hmm. they were all hung. There was no burnings, and there were men as well as yeah, women. Yeah, I didn't know. I did not I did not remember the men. Yeah, yeah. So. I think a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. More well, when you say witch, you know, instead of warlock, I guess, is the term for guys. Yeah, maybe. But, but no, men were just as involved in these you know, as much, they were just as much victims as the women were. Yeah. On September 22nd, 1692, the eight people who were hung were Mary Eastie, Martha Corey, Ann Pudiator, Samuel Wardell, Mary Parker, Alice Parker, Wilmot Red, and Margaret Scott. On October 3rd, Increase Mather, who was Cotton Mather's father and the president of Harvard at the time, also asked that the courts not use spectral evidence, saying, quote, it were better that 10 suspected witches should escape than one innocent person be condemned, which I agree with. Yeah. Like, why are you going to kill innocent people? Right. In response to this plea from Increase and due to his own wife being questioned for witchcraft at this, you know, at this point, obviously it's hitting too close, you know, to home for this guy. Oh, yeah. Governor Phipps stopped all arrests and released many of the accused witches. He also got rid of the judge and jury who had been appointed to hear and decide the cases of each of the accused. He replaced them with a new judge and jury and said that spectral evidence could not be allowed. And this ended up condemning three more people of the 56 that were currently being accused at that point. Governor Phipps ended up pardoning all the accused, though, even after the three were condemned. And 
the ones being held on charges of witchcraft in May of 1693, he they were all released, but the damage was done to their reputations. Oh, yeah. Like people didn't trust them anymore. They, they were, were they were smeared. They were just casted out. At this point, 19 people had been hanged to death on Gallows Hill, and 71-year-old Giles Corey, who was Martha Corey's husband, had been pressed to death with heavy stones after he refused to enter a plea at his arraignment. Wow. Yeah. Like, he's the only one who wasn't hanged Mm -hmm. of the 20. Of the 20. Four more had died in jail. They were Lydia Dustin, Ann Foster, Sarah Osborne, and Roger Toothaker, with almost 200 people total being accused of practicing, quote, the devil's magic. That's a lot of people that got smeared from this. And I wonder how many people there were in total in that just that area, which isn't going to be a whole lot. No, I mean, I wouldn't think there's a whole Maybe lot, a but thousand. there was enough that, yeah, there was enough that that they were. And you're talking like 10% of them or. Yeah. Like you're, you're taking out your entire colony mm-hmm. with your weird practice. Like you're more of a danger than they are. Yeah. After the trials and execution, many of the people involved, like Judge Samuel Sewell, publicly confessed to their error and guilt in convicting and hanging innocent people. On January 14, 1697, the general court ordered a day of fasting and soul searching for the community and, and like penance for hanging these people and putting people in jail. In 1702, the court declared the trials unlawful, and in 1711, the colony passed a bill to restore the rights and good names of the accused and granted 600 pounds in restitution to their heirs. Wow. So they got paid mm-hmm. and got their good names back, but the damage is still done. Like The damage died. is done, but you know, we talk about the ignorance because of <clears throat> how we've evolved as people. You know, yeah. We've become smarter with things. Thankfully. But I, but could I'm, you imagine still having witch hunts? Oh, yeah. But I'm <laughs> glad to see that they saw the wrong in what was going on. Yeah, but I know. Took, I know. Like you said, it's done. It's horrible. I, you know, you don't want to see anybody die. Yeah. Um, for sure. Um, but I'm glad that you know. Yeah. There's. Hey, we we met. They called it out, and they called it out themselves too. Some of these people, like, hey, I messed up. We yeah. messed up. Well, it wasn't until 1957, though, more than 250 years later, that the state of Massachusetts formally apologized for the events that happened in 1692. Wow. It took 250 years for the state to say. Are bad. Yeah. But again, at the same time, they're apologizing for religious fanaticism. Yeah. And how do you get rid of that? We still have that today. Oh. There has been such a fascination with these events over the years, and books have been written, plays written and performed, and movies have been made surrounding the events that happened back then. The Crucible is one of the most famous ones. Yeah. Um, also, with modern medicine and the ability to diagnose symptoms now that weren't existent back then, we know that the girls were likely suffering from some combination of asthma, encephalitis, Lyme disease, epilepsy, child abuse, delusional psychosis, or convulsive ergotism. And the last disease is caused by eating bread or cereal made of rye that has been infected with the fungus ergo, which can elicit vomiting, choking, fits, hallucinations, and the sense of something crawling on one's skin. The hallucinogen LSD is a derivative of ergo. No, ergot, I think is what it is. Is it ergot? Er, ergot, okay. yep. So given the subsequent spread of strange behavior to other girls and young women in the community and the timing of the display, however, those physiological and psychological explanations aren't that convincing, but they do really hold on to the ergot 
theory because of oh, yeah. the the wheat and stuff that they made bread out of back mm-hmm, then. Mm-hmm. It it was full of it. Oh wow. So it's thought that while some of the girls may have suffered from one or more of the actual listed illnesses, the most of most of them were caught up in the witch hunt scenario and attention seeking. Like they yeah. were just jumping on that bandwagon of Oh yeah. of let's get them. Right. Oh, for sure. And get the attention from it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but that's it. That's our short podcast short and sweet today for yeah. this week, huh? Yeah, very short. But very interesting. There's a lot that happened. There's a lot that went on during yeah, the Salem and, Witch Trials. You know, you can actually go online and pull up the actual um trial transcripts for these. They they kept really good records for back then. But you can read through what these women actually like the question the questioning that was involved and and it will if you actually read through these transcripts, which I did a little bit um while researching this, these these questions they ask and the answers that are given, it's almost like, like you want to beat down women. Yeah. Yes. And hmm. if you, and if you're a man who stood up for the woman, you're going, to you're jail. going down too. Yeah. Like really it was, it was not, it was hard to read through those. Not right. just because of the language they used back then, old world English, but, but because of you're a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, not to I'm not a feminist like that. Like I'm not I'm not I'm not I don't even know how to Some say it like that. But crazed. Yeah, I'm not I'm not but all still. about it, but I am a feminist to a point where we are functional. We can think on our own. Mm-hmm. We can do things on our own yeah. and we can make coherent responses to your questions <laughs> with not without help from a man. I don't need no man's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want one. You know but what I'm it, saying? Yeah. I mean there's so much to this i mean like you said you could this podcast could have been huge oh yeah i could i really could have made this i could have i summarized a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. to put this podcast out i think if you're really interested in the salem witch trials you should go and do your own research and do your own reading because you can immerse yourself in this for a good week i would think easy hours of reading the the all the transcripts are online you can pull them up um I can't remember the website, but I'll find it and post it on our website if you guys wanted to read them. It's really interesting stuff. That and they go into detail of the hangings and and they're the last words of the victims. Wow. Yeah. Um, which is really interesting because some people are still like, you know, God bless your souls for taking ours. Yeah. That kind of stuff, sure. you know. And, yeah. And one of them recited the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. as his final words mm-hmm. and and they pointed out that that in one of the transcripts you know like how could he have done that when he's a witch made a deal with the devil he shouldn't be able to utter the lord's prayer right. that was their belief back then yeah so that why did you continue with the hanging then yeah, hello <laughs> you know what i'm saying like yeah. let's use a little common sense yeah but they hung him. Yeah. And I'm I'm just saying, like, they, it's really interesting reading, and you can get a whole lot more detail than what we've provided you with this this short podcast. But go go read it. Yeah. It's it's really cool. So that's our story of the Salem witch trials. If you want more information, please go to our website, where we will post the links to the articles referenced for this episode at Wickedness True Crime and the Unknown Follow us on Instagram at Wickedness True Crime. And check us out on Anchor at anchor.fm slash wickedness, where you can also support us by clicking on the support button. Don't forget to rate and review us. 
This helps us get our podcast out to other folks just like you. <laughs> also, we would love to hear from you, and please send us an email to wickednesstruecrime at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.